Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman, and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 138, Turkey Hunting Small Parcels. And I am your host and the guy who has some fresh red snapper in the freezer. So while I was at the beach with my wife's family this past weekend, I actually was able to go out into the Gulf and do some fishing. And while it was not the best day that I've had on a boat, it was not the worst either. So I'm looking forward to throwing some red snapper on the grill and filling my belly full of some delicious fishes. So today we are 273 days, 10 hours, 20 minutes, and 33 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama. Right at nine months. That's exciting stuff. Well, as I mentioned, I'm back from vacation and I am paying for taking off work for the majority of three days last week. While I was a little concerned about the mortgage business being slow during my almost two months of solid turkey hunting, I knew things would change come June, and it has changed. The summer house buying season is in full swing, and while I and my creditors am happy about that, it has made for a hectic week full of 12 and 14 hour days so far. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not asking you to play your tiny violin for me. I actually love it. I love being busy and making new homeowners. But it does mean that I'm going to be somewhat brief this week. And I'm jumping into this week's topic right now. In January, when I asked you guys for show topic suggestions, I got tons of great ones. One in particular caught my eye because I made a commitment to do more of this type of hunting this past season than I ever have in the past. I wanted to wait to bring the show about this topic to you until season was over so I could share more of what I learned about the topic this season. So the topic is turkey hunting small parcels, and it was suggested by Tracy Long. Now, most of you who listen to the show regularly know that I own a small parcel of property south of Birmingham in Chilton County. And for those of you who drive through Alabama to get to vacationing spots along the Gulf Coast, you 
are familiar with Chilton County because you likely stop there to get Chilton County peaches, which are some of the most delicious peaches in the whole wide world. And while my little parcel of property in Chilton County does not have peach trees on it, It is, though, almost 24 acres, and almost half of that 24 acres is underwater. And I don't mean it's swampy. I mean it's underwater, as I'm part owner of an 80-acre fishing lake, part of which lies on this property. So truly, I'm hunting about 12 to 15 acres of dirt. In the past years, I've had permission from some of my neighbors to hunt their properties, but this year I intentionally did not ask permission to hunt their properties as I wanted to kill a turkey on my property. I know myself pretty well, and I know that if I had permission from neighbors to hunt their land, that I would end up primarily hunting their land because the turkeys typically only pass through my property. They don't spend much time there, and I'm going to hunt turkeys where I know the turkeys are while I'm hunting. That makes sense, doesn't it? Since I made one of my goals of turkey season to kill a turkey on my small parcel, I knew I was going to come away from the season with a good bit more knowledge of how to hunt these parcels. So, here's a little bit of what I learned about turkey hunting small parcels this season. Number one, sit down and be patient. Unless you have several small parcels that you can hunt that are in close proximity to one another, then plan on planting your rear end on the ground or on a stool and waiting. You simply cannot move around much when you are hunting smaller parcels because you'll bump turkeys. I did this several times on my little piece of heaven this year because I'm so used to hunting 500 to 2,000 acre tracks where I can run and gun all day long if I want. We are not going to be able to run and gun 24 acres of property and consistently kill turkeys year in and year out. In fact, unless you have an incredible food source on your property that your neighbors don't have, then you probably are just going to push those turkeys when you bump them onto neighboring properties for good by continually bumping those birds. So find a spot that you can get into and out of without spooking turkeys Build a blind or set up a pop-up blind and sit there and wait and call sparingly like every 20 to 30 minutes and wait. I will be the first to admit that this style of hunting is not the most exciting style of turkey hunting, but waiting out turkeys is a turkey killing strategy. There are countless turkeys killed each year by guys who can go and sit in one spot for several hours where they know turkeys are frequenting and waiting on the turkeys. All right, something else I learned about hunting small parcels this season is that we have to scout. Scouting turkeys on small parcels, and big ones for that matter, during deer season, well, that's not scouting for turkeys at all. Now, it doesn't hurt to know those turkeys' winter patterns and habits and food sources, but those are not the same patterns, habits, and food sources as what we see in the spring mating season. And we can scout a couple of different ways. Now, personally, I like to scout the second way, but here's number one. Sit in a blind and wait for birds to come through the area or to the area to feed or water and observe them. See where they come in from and see where they go out to. 
Make note of when they come in. Make note of how long they stay. Make note of what they do when they are there. Observe and take note of what the birds are doing. Now, personally, like I said, I don't like this method of scouting for a couple of reasons. First, again, you're going to bump birds coming into or out of that area. It is going to happen. And remember, bumping birds is bad. Okay. Second, it's terribly boring. Most of us have nothing to hunt during that preseason scouting time, so we're just sitting there with zero promise of firing a shot or taking any meat home. And don't get me wrong, I don't have to hunt when I go into the woods to have fun, but it sure is more enjoyable when I have that opportunity to fire a shot. All right, now the second way to scout small parcels pre-season and during season for that matter is to use trail cameras. Trail cameras are there all day long and they're watching that area for you and recording turkey activity for you as well. Be sure to regularly check your trail cameras and attempt to pattern the birds coming into your property. Do not do what I did this past season, which is setting up a camera at the beginning of season or before season began, actually, and not checking it until there were three days left in the season. Don't do what I did. So be sure to regularly check those trail cameras and attempt to pattern the birds coming into your hunting property. And if you're going to build a blind after you've got that trail camera and you know where those birds are coming in, where they're going out, how long they're staying, what they're doing while they're there, well, now you know where to build a blind or to set up a blind. And now you know when to sit in it. My biggest mistake this past season hunting my little small parcel of property was not even really bumping birds. It was hunting when the birds were not on the property because I didn't check my game cameras. I didn't know that the birds were using the property midday. So once we know when the birds are on the property, guess what? That's when we need to be hunting that property. And we can even sleep in. If the birds are coming into the property at 10 o'clock every morning, then sleep in. Get to the property at 9 and sit there and wait until 11 or 12. And if the turkeys don't show up, slip out of there. Oh, that leads me to the third thing that we need to know about turkey hunting small parcels. And that is to slow down and quiet down as well. To minimize bumping birds... We really need to slow down. We need to move very slowly. And we need to use our binoculars to look ahead of us as well. We need to use the terrain or darkness to our advantage to maneuver in and out of our blind or setup spots. And we need to walk quietly. And we need to try to walk like a turkey walks. So what does that even mean? Okay. Turkeys don't just get in the woods and walk non-stop from point A to point B. Turkeys are stopping, they're scratching in the leaves, they're eating, they're looking, they're listening, they're doing everything that they have to do to survive. So to walk like a turkey means that we need to take two or three slow steps, and here's the key, walking on the balls of our feet. So I want you to try that. Listen to the difference that you make. When you walk on the balls of your feet versus walking normally where you put your heel down 
in the leaves and that makes a crunching sound and then the ball of your foot comes down on the ground and that makes a crunching sound. So each one of our steps makes two crunching sounds. Now they may be very close together and it may sound like just one big crunch, but a turkey does not wear a size 10 or 12 boot. They have small feet. If you put the ball of your foot down on the ground, it is not much larger than a turkey's foot. And it's one crunch in the leaves, not two crunches in the leaves. There is a big, big difference. Turkeys and deer don't sound like we sound when walking in the leaves. So we need to try to sound like they sound. We also need to call a little bit quieter and a little bit less frequently than we do when we are hunting larger tracts of property with several gobbling turkeys on it. On smaller parcels, we have less opportunities to screw up. And, of course, that's the biggest difference. Another thing about hunting smaller parcels is food. We have to make sure that our property has something to draw turkeys to it regularly. Generally, that something is food. And I'm not suggesting that you bait turkeys onto your property, but I am suggesting that you plant something that turkeys like to eat, like corn or other grains, or clover, or chufa, which is the crack cocaine for wild turkeys. If our hunting properties have no food source or sources, and our neighbor's properties do, then the best that we can hope for is a shot at a bird that's passing through to get to point B. Now, if you can't plant a typical food plot on your small parcel, then try some of the throw-and-grow food plot options that are out there on the market to at least try to draw some bugs into the area in that grass or try to grow some seed heads on some of those grain plants that are growing in that small little food plot that we've thrown out. We have to have turkeys on our property to kill turkeys on our properties. It's just that simple. That was my biggest issue this entire turkey season. We have to have turkeys to kill turkeys. And turkeys want food. Alright, so one last small parcel turkey hunting tactic that we can implement Well, it's not immediate. Most of the time, it's not immediate. And that is management. We need to work out a management plan for our small parcels, even if we don't own the parcel. Now, obviously, we're going to be limited on the permanent changes that we can make to a property that we don't own, like thinning or cutting timber. But we may be able to get permission from the owner to conduct or hire out a control burn on the property or even cut a few non-marketable trees or trash trees that don't provide any benefit to wildlife so that we can make a food plot in the future. Another thing that we can do, even if we don't own the land, fertilize stands of honeysuckle. That's going to help improve nesting cover for next season. And it'll help get a natural food source going on the property to draw in some deer for deer season. We can even fertilize some of our mass-producing trees on the property to encourage their growth and production. Here's one that I like that we can do to manage the land, those small parcels for turkeys. Trap predators. Trap predators. Trap predators. We will never get rid of all of them, but eliminating one of them 
will help wildlife numbers on our properties. If we own the property, thinning timber is a great way to encourage new growth on the forest floor, which will be a great food source for turkeys, and it will create great nesting habitat in two or three years. There really is no shortage of land management practices that we can take on our small parcels to improve our turkey habitat and future hunting opportunities as well. Okay, so now I've shared with you some of my experiences and some of the things that I learned turkey hunting small parcels this past season. And you better believe before next season starts, I'm going to come back and I'm going to listen to this episode again so that I don't have to relearn everything the hard way. Also, just a little FYI, I'm going to be bringing you guys more on management in the upcoming weeks. So you are probably going to want to check out those upcoming episodes. All right, so since you're a premium subscriber, I've got a little extra something something for you today, and that is that we are going to check in with Mr. Eddie Salter, the turkey man, and see how his 2017 turkey hunting season went. And so here's Eddie, and I'll catch you on the other side. How was the weekend? Oh, it was kind of a rest-up weekend. It was good. I needed it. Yeah. After going for a couple of months pretty hard, it's nice to have those, isn't it? Yeah, and just coming off that, we come off that trip in Nebraska where, man, it didn't get dark out there at about 10 o'clock. Then time you get something to eat and take a shower, and it's, it's time to get back up at 4 o'clock again. And, uh, man, it don't, it don't, you know, getting four or five hours sleep a night and it, running running pretty hard, it's pretty, it kind of takes a toll on the old man anyhow. Well... I'm with you on that. It it definitely can wear you out. And, you know, those late spring hunts up north are always interesting because it, the days last, the daylight hours last so much longer That's right. than they That's do right. down, down here. So, yeah, you're right. You you just, it's going hard. You need a vacation to get over your vacation of a turkey hunt. <laughs> well, you take, you really take turkeys. At, we had turkey gobble at 5.15 up there one morning. Then we had turkeys gobble at 9.38. You know, they were on roost or whatever but yeah. i don't even know i had to figure it up in my head there but that's pretty good many hours a day to hear turkeys gobble anyhow <laughs> you're right you're right how'd that uh, trip end up for but you but that's oh it was good we killed we killed eight in nebraska and then i still had a tag in kansas uh and uh stopped by on the way back just didn't ha- hadn't had enough of it the last day of the season <laughs> and the last i think three hours of the season i killed one on video it got a beautiful kill strutting and coming in and, you know couldn't ask for a better hunt so uh oh, and then kill one that morning i killed one that morning i didn't but i had a lady kill one that morning in nebraska come strutting in just couldn't ask for any better footage than that too coming in and then then that afternoon, I killed one in Kansas, so about four hours apart. So, you know, you can't, you wind your season up like that, you're going out on a great note, that's for sure. Yeah, you're right about that. Yeah, that, that reminds me of my trip to uh, North Dakota and South Dakota about three or four years ago. We went up there for our usual out-of-state trip, me and my buddies, and yeah, got yeah. up there, and we actually had one, me and one other guy had, had a tag left over. We were in South Dakota that, that uh, afternoon, had a tag left over, and 
had a bird gobbling his brains out that afternoon and he just was on the other side of the creek from us and the way that creek wound through the property we didn't know he was on the other side until it got to be roost time and he flew up and we just walked over to, to kind of see if we could figure out exactly what tree he was in and that's when we walked up to the edge of the creek and realized he was on the other side of it so mm. that evening i asked my buddy i said well you want to get up in the morning and go after him and he said no we got that plane flight we need to be leaving here about eight o'clock and i said well if you're not going to go i'm going to get up and go and i said well if you are going i'm getting up and going i said it doesn't matter to me i was just going to call him in for you let you shoot him but if you're not going to go i'm gonna go yeah. in there and kill him he said well go on just remember we need to we need to leave the hotel at eight and i said all right i'll be back <laughs> about seven o'clock with with a dead turkey i think i made it back at six forty-five with a dead turkey how about that how about that you had him pegged didn't you oh yeah knew what tree he was in he flew down and he was dead within about two minutes of when he hit the ground so that's uh, right that's right those little last minute hunts so i I'm like you. I just can't get enough of it. That's right. That's right. Or I'm a glutton for punishment. I hadn't figured out which. Yeah, that, that's right. Well, you can sleep <laughs> on that plane, can you? You're right, and I did <laughs> with a big smile <laughs> on my face. Yeah, that's right. For sure. Well, good deal, man. I'm glad you had a great trip in, in Nebraska and Kansas. So where else did you go this year? Well, I hunted Kentucky. Uh, I have a grandson kill one in Kentucky, and I hunted Ohio. Ohio real good for me this year and then let's see mm, i hunted florida one day I, I actually i really wasn't hunting i just was down that way and and took a took a guy that hadn't killed a turkey before his daddy and went with him on a place my wife had to have some surgery done this year and she mm. did the mayo clinic down in jacksonville so anyhow we, we kind of she was in the hospital and i just like you, I kind of just said, well, hey, I might as well go. She was going to be all right, and yeah. might as well go see if I can chase a turkey a morning or so. So I did, and yeah. I, I went one morning anyhow. And uh, I don't, I actually don't think I hunted nowhere else. I think that, uh, well, yes, I did. I hunted Iowa. Lee and Tiffany and Petoskey, mm-hmm. I generally hunt with them every year, but my, like I said, my wife was having trouble, and I had come out of Kansas. We had hunted Kansas was real good to us, too, early on. I, I, I had 11 people out there. We killed uh, we killed 22 turkeys out there. We wow. killed out with them, and, and my guide, he was actually killed 23. My, one of my guides was helping me out there, and we killed 23 turkeys in seven days out there, so that really wasn't bad, and I swung back by Iowa and hunted one day with them, and didn't kill a turkey got on a bunch of turkeys and we had should have killed some but just didn't work out i you know i did not come on home my wife had she had a tumor she had she had brain surgery and that was like in the, the end of march and that kind of set me back a little bit right there i didn't yeah. really probably didn't hunt as much around alabama as i normally do because of that so right but overall it was a terrible year in alabama i think i, I mean i you know, we killed a few turkeys here and there. I didn't even kill a turkey in Alabama, but I, I just, I don't, I don't know. We just don't have the turkeys down in this part of the country that we used to have for some reason, though. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Did you, just out of curiosity's sake, did you happen to see or hear talk of people seeing a lot of jakes this year? In Alabama? In Alabama, yeah. I'm sorry uh, about that. Yeah. No, I do not. I did not. You know, I, you know, it was not that many jakes. I mean, it was, it was, you know, a few here and there I've heard people talk about, but not really, not too much. Not not on my place over here, it was. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know quite a few people. What about you? Yeah, I, you know, I had, 
I had probably the worst year I've had in Alabama in 15 years. And I, I would even go back to say 15 years ago, I was probably half the turkey hunter I am today. And I'd say I'm today, I'm probably 10% the turkey hunter Eddie Salter is. So, you know, that, that gives you my experience level back 15 years ago. But it just... The there was a difference this year and last year for me in Alabama, and the difference was this year I was hearing turkeys gobble, but they were not on my hunting properties. I got you. And so last year I just was not hearing turkeys gobble. Period. Not at all. Mm-hmm. And but I ended up. I say that I ended up being a part of, and I'd have to figure out how many of these were in Alabama, but uh, being a part of about ten different turkeys you know, killing over. So, you know, I I think maybe seven of those were in Alabama uh, last year, but only had, I killed two birds in Alabama. I missed one. And those were the only birds in Alabama that I saw either die or, or missed. Whereas last year there were several others that I called in for other people and that kind of thing. It just, yeah. It was yeah. it was a rough year, but I did I did see a lot of jakes. I saw more jakes well, this good. year in Alabama than I have seen in probably the last five, maybe six years combined in Alabama. Well, that's awesome, man. That, that's, that's good to hear right there. It really yeah, is. It, it is. And then I talked to a, a fella earlier, well, and we're at Monday of this week, so I can't say earlier this week because it was late last week is when it was, but he was telling me that that he went just on a little walk about in the woods a couple of days last week and one day he jumped two hens and in two different spots so one hen and then a little bit later he jumped another hen and each one of those hens had five poults and all 10 of the poults were flying so that's good and then he said oh yeah very good very good and then the next day he jumped a hen that had eight poults with her and all eight of them were flying so, uh, you know, I I know that's an isolated incident, but I'm hopeful that we're hopefully working our way out of this little slump we got in the turkey population in Alabama. Well, well I hope so. I, I hope so. I think, you know, I think uh, we could handle uh, several good hatches around that, And that's what it's going to take. And then, you know, and then somehow or another, you know, working on these predators somehow or another and keeping them beat down a little bit. And, that's right. Uh, you know, if we can possibly do that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I plan on getting after the coons and possums pretty heavy and starting on some of the coyotes and bobcats this summer as well. So I hope to do my part. It's a lot of fun trapping them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. I think that's what, you know, and I think coons can be a lot of, you know, a lot of the problems, especially with them old hens while they nest. And I think, I think they can reap habit on a bunch of them nests. I really do. If Absolutely. they don't, you know, catch the turkey, they can bust the eggs up anyhow. And, you know, I know they'll re- go back and relay, but, you know, they keep on doing that. The odds something's going to catch them one way or the other anyhow. That's right. That's right. Well, and I had, I can't remember which biologist it was. It may have been Bob Erickson told me that every time that hen re-nests, the chances of her having a successful hatch are less and less. So, you know, the nest size gets smaller and, or the clutch size gets smaller. And then the chances of those eggs hatching and turning into poults and recruitment rate is is less every time. So we need that first nest to, to come on out and getting rid of predators certainly won't hurt that. 
Yeah, that's right. That's right. So before I pick your brain a little bit more about turkeys, you said your wife's doing was doing okay in Florida. She's still doing okay today. Yeah, she's doing okay. She's still got. She's got. You know, she's actually got a ways to go yet. She's a. They said she. She probably have a year worth to really get get try to get that head like it needs to be. But she. But my wife's gonna be better. She's good. So. All right. So we talked a little bit about where you went. Did you get any additional states knocked off your list that you need to complete your super slam? I didn't. I didn't this year. I, okay. I just, like I said, I just kind of took a back step this year, sure, and uh, sure. I got to hurry up and get it done. Though my years is running out on me now. So. Well, I, I sure hope not. And uh, <laughs> have you sat down and figured out how many you lack at this point? Oh, I think I like about actually somewhere around sixteen in that area. Okay. All right. So if you got serious after it, though, you could get it knocked out in a couple of years. I think so. I think I could. I, and I need to do that because I, I think I'd make a great accomplishment and for an old turkey hunter anyhow. So. It certainly would. There's no doubt about that. Well, did you have any hunts this year that really stood out to you as, as you know, maybe they were unique or just really something funny or something like that that you want that you can share with us. And I, I don't want you to, to spoil what you have coming up next season on, on uh, Turkey Man, but anything that you well, want to... Well, no, I really, you know, on this particular year, I really didn't have anything, you know, just stands out unusual. And for, you know, most of the time I do here and there, but, you know, we just had pretty much a basic, you know, that thing went pretty, you know, pretty much basic. Like I said, it, uh, overall, I think it, you know, it was pretty tough. Uh, I did hunt Tennessee this year, and uh, I went up there late season, and the turkeys wasn't gotten for me, so... You know, sometimes you go into some of these areas right here, and uh, and I, for the folks that are listening, I would highly recommend if they could go in, in the early part of every every area state they gonna hunt in, try to go in there in the first you know week or so. I think it would, would give them more of an advantage myself. Well, uh, that's I think a good point. You know, to me. It seems to to be either that early point or that late point in the season where you get some good goblin, and that late point I think is is very hit or miss because if like in Alabama late season I didn't talk to very many people that had much success at all, and yeah. I think they were just I think once the hens decided to sit full time I think the gobblers were they gobbled for two or three days after that and they were pretty much done. Yeah, they gobbled out and it was pretty much over with. Yeah. And but like I said, I had you know right there in Nebraska it turned on good right there. Uh, actually, the last three days of season was a lot better than the you know the, the, than the well I hunted out there for seven days or so, but the first four days wasn't that good. But the last three days turned on and be was real good. And a lot of it had to do with areas that hadn't had been as much pressure put on too. I was hunting with a boy out there that already they had already killed about twenty turkeys, and he wanted to keep going back to some of the same places where they'd been successful because he knew the habitat. I mean, not habitat, he knew the habitat, and he knew what they were going to be doing and where they roost at and all that. But, right. man, when you call when you call to them, they were going the other way. And I kept telling them, he said, man, I got a bunch of different farms I ain't hunted. I said, let's go hunt them. Sure, and yeah. so we got on some new farms, and, man, the turkeys went to working real good. So, you know, it's all to do with pressure. I don't care where you where you go. And where you, you know, they had had some pressure put on, and, and you know, had one boy out there taking off. 
you know, one of these uh, uh, creepers or reapers or whatever where, you know, it's just tail fan and, a, you know, turkey head, basically. Uh, right. Kind of decoy. And he was standing up, catching turkeys out there 250 yards, just standing up and walking straight to them and calling every breath. And mm-hmm. uh, he was killing some turkeys like that, but he was running more off than he was killing. You show uh, a decoy or something, and, and them turkeys are already getting been food with a bunch, and they'd go the other way. So, you know, it's a, especially out there in that part of the country, boy, they big on they big on using that tail fan and all that, uh, you know, that uh, right. you know, reaper or, or uh, we call it thunder. It's actually a thunder chicken that, uh, you know, flexed on a uh, thunder reaper. And, uh, but it looks good. It sets good. And when it works, it works. You know, we, we use it. If we use it out there, but we use it as a, mainly as a decoy, not standing up and trying to or crawl to them or whatever. I'm not right. big on that. Cause I think, I think folks, you know, we, we're going to get some folks killed one of these days. Some boys got shot this year with it, but I think it, you know, it's, uh, it's dangerous getting out. Even though you think you got it all by yourself, I think the case all the time. That's very it true. might be people in there that ain't supposed to be in there and you start crawling on the ground or something like that. You ask them to get shot. Yeah, I think that, and and I've done it, and in the past, and I'm I I think if the opportunity comes up again, I'll probably do it again in the future. So I don't want to sound like a hypocrite, but you're right. You know, it it is dangerous. Well, yeah. I think it's got its place, and I'm you know, and I'm I'm gonna use it. I'm like you, but I'm not gonna get out there and really promote it as far as getting up and just doing it all the time. And right. Not not standing up and walking to one, you know, gobbling out there in the field, and so. But I mean. It'll work. It'll work in some cases. They'll get them all messed up. They see that tail fan and that head. They're going to break and come in there to it. If they're aggressive type turkeys. I mean, I'll touch this. That's right. That's right. But it, it definitely will run them off, too. It will. Those it subordinate will. birds that are getting beat up, they're not interested in any kind of a challenge like that. Yeah, well, I had this lady the other afternoon out there. We were hunting. One long gobbler come in, and I'd already, we had, you know, we had kind of built a blind and sitting in there because the landowner told us he'd been seeing a bunch of them out there back and forth. Well, this long gobbler come in, and he got in there about 100 yards, and he saw that decoy. And and I had a hen out, and he just broke out there and stayed out around us. Went on, come always circles around. Went on down through the woods, you know. And we hadn't had that decoy. But I was calling, and he come in. He come in way, you know, he was about 350 yards when he first come in. I don't mm-hmm. think he saw the detour, decoy till he got right on in there, and then he, he was gone. He didn't like it. So. Yeah, yeah. What typically is your strategy late season with decoys? So I think challenging those birds is a good a good way to do it, but they're again if you've got a subordinate bird i think when he sees that strutter decoy out there he's he's going to turn and go the other way you know so a lone hen would work better for some something like that but there again i think go ahead well, what I think a lot of times, if I'm looking at, you know, if, if I got a, a maybe two or three hens and maybe it's uh, two or three gobblers with them hens, then I'm going to use I'm going to use that gobbler decoy. But if I got one gobbler and several hens, a lot of times seems like uh, that gobbler. A lot of times, you know, he ain't as aggressive, and sometimes they are. But he normally he ain't as aggressive as three of them or four of them or two right. of them. And so a lot of times, I just if when there's two or three of them, I'll use it. And, and you know, and been, and been very successful with it that way. Of course, I'd run some off, but I'd say seventy five percent of the time when it's three gobblers, it, it's gonna work. And right. and uh, you know, now a couple mornings last week, we just used a hen and a Jake decoy, and that worked too. And so so you know, I I kind of just go back and forth, and 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 
you know, I just kind of look at, I try to look at the issue. I mean, look at the deal where if it's one or two gobblers right there, I'm going to use, if there's one gobbler, I'm going to use that Jake, Jake decoy and a hen or sometimes just strictly use a hen. So, and I think too, I think you can catch it at times of the year too. I think early on, I think turkeys are so much more aggressive in the early part of the season. And I think that's where you strutter decoy or creeper or thunder chicken or whatever you want to call it. I think that's when they're going to be aggressive right there. But now also, I agree. I think you ought to look at the size of a decoy. These real big decoys that they, mm-hmm. you know, are out there. I think, you know, I, I never have been a big fan of them real big strutter decoys. Right. Right. Well, that could be the Alabama turkey hunter in you coming out. <laughs> might be. Might be. Because <laughs> uh, I know they will. I have seen a lot of gobblers run off when they see that strutter out there. That's right. Well, good deal. Well, are you guys working on anything at Flex Tone for next year without letting the cat out of the bag and giving too much detail? Is there, there anything exciting that y'all have coming up? Well, you know, right now is really the time that we'll go to working on a bunch of stuff. And right now, right off, right off the kilter, you know, we 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 didn't. But uh, you know, I, I ended up having great success with a big old aluminum box last year. Did you get an opportunity to see it? I did not. I don't know I, how I missed I, it, but I didn't. Yeah, well, I actually designed. I mean, hell, well, I just. I actually bought a guy out of Pennsylvania, that was an old man that was making a long, long box. I mean, a big, long box, with, but he had a aluminum lid on it. And I took it and re-engineered it and uh, worked with a guy out of Ohio. And, uh, and man, I was, you know, I was really excited and had real good luck with it. It has, it's got such a different sound to it. It's just, just unique. And I, I really didn't get a chance to work on it as much this year. And I'm hoping to have it and be able to show a little bit more. You know, and it's it's a you know it's a, a call that's really I'm not going to put out to the Bass Pros or whatever. I'm just basically I'm just just going wherever I go. I'm going to be you know it's it's more of a signature type deal. But it's got a unique sound, and uh, it uh, it was making turkeys gobble when nothing else was making gobble for me this year, especially here in Alabama. I mean, I I killed some turkeys with it that uh, I'd go to yapping on the mouth yapper and, and mouth call and, and run that aluminum box, and it, it just it was a unique sound. Yeah, very nice. Well, I had to get up with you. I had to get up with you one of these days and show it to you. Again. Yeah, I would love to see that. That'd be awesome. Well, good deal. Eddie, as always, I appreciate you. I know you've been out of town chasing birds, and you probably have a long list of stuff you need to get to work-wise, and I am sure that you got a lot of people that want to talk to you. So I'm going to cut you loose, but like I said, I appreciate you taking time to, yeah. to chat with us and yeah. give us kind of a little update on how your season went and some of the experiences there, and we appreciate you over here, and I'm glad to call you a friend of the show. All right, buddy. Well, I appreciate you calling me back now. All right, we'll do it. Have yeah. a great day. Thank you, man. All right. Yes, sir. Goodbye. All right, I hope that you enjoyed that interview with Eddie. It's always good to catch up with him, and be sure to keep his wife in your prayers. Pray that she has a speedy and easy recovery from her surgery. All right, that's it. That's all that I've got for you guys today. But you know I'm going to ask you for a favor, so here's my favor that I'm asking for this week. If you would, please, if you know of someone who turkey hunts small parcels of property that you think would benefit from hearing today's episode, if you would tag them on my social media pages, that would be a huge help and would be much appreciated. So this is the part of the show where I say, 
Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices and I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.